Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast. We're going to try this again for round two for Friday, December 15th. On this edition of the Foul Balls podcast, we will cover tomorrow's English Premier League slate. I am joined, as usual, with my co-host, Rob. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Let's try this again. I'm doing real well, thank you. I'm not too concerned at all. And yeah, it's pretty cold up here in Canada. I hope everyone's having a little bit better time down there uh, in uh, America land. But uh, yeah, doing really well. Hoping to make an impact this uh, weekend in soccer. All right, let's do it. Without any further ado, let's hop right into goalies as we always do. What are your takes at goalie, Rob? Who stands out to you this weekend? Yeah, I think uh, Peter Cech has the one of the better ceilings of the week, despite my concern that Newcastle have a very good chance of scoring. A lot of that concern comes from the fact that they were really active against Manchester United in one of the recent away games. Uh, it seems like uh, Newcastle is one of these teams at home that are worse than they are, uh, when they are away. So uh, I don't mind up here checking, especially in cash, where I think Arsenal have one of the safer win floors of the entire week. But uh, in terms of GPP, he also stands to have an excellent ceiling due to Newcastle's high shot rate. Uh, I think Courtois from Chelsea is a really bad play this week. He's probably going to get scored on, and he's probably not going to see enough shots to pad uh, any kind of the stats on top of not having the CS bonus to really compete with the ceilings that we're going to see elsewhere. Speaking of the ceilings, I think Gomes from Watford is going to have one of the top ceilings out of this slate. I think he's an excellent play all around. and I'm not really set on him in cash, but in GPP, I think he's brilliant, especially whenever we'll talk about his defenders here in a moment. But uh, I think he stands to be one of the better keepers of the week. Uh, Spurs are probably too good for Ederson to keep the CS bonus, but that doesn't mean that he won't get the win. Uh, I'm not totally set on the idea that that's cash relevant this week, but uh, in terms of uh, GPP, if either team's going to find the ceiling this week, it's going to be City, not Spurs, uh, between that matchup. So I really do like uh, Ederson over uh, Loris, despite his uh, amazing discount uh, this week. I still just prefer Ederson. Jack Butland is an easy fade. Uh, Stoke aren't someone that I'm relying on defense and DFS at all. Matt, Matt Ryan is in a similar situation, but he has a little bit more merit, but he's still an easy fade for me. Uh, Nick Pope, someone you can roll blindly with all day in either format, not have too many concerns. Burnley are excellent in keeping basically every game this season under three goals. So uh, even if he does let in one, that'll basically be the end of it. He may let in two tops. That's the ceiling. So his ceiling walk in every game is a minus four uh, max worst possible scenario. So his ceiling uh, isn't really that deeply affected if he manages to hit. It's like the difference between a 20 and a 24. Uh, so uh, that isn't that big of a concern for me. Uh, he obviously would need a, like a penalty shot save or something in that scenario, but I still like uh, Nick Pope really well this week to do, uh, do some work. Uh, I think Adrian's an excellent GPP play also. Uh, I also I think he has excellent wingbacks. Him and uh, Gomes have excellent wingbacks to work with this week. So I'm very high on both Adrian and Gomes to do a lot of damage this week in GPP. Uh, Los is an easy fade for me. Laurie, so like I talked about, he has an amazing uh, discount salary this week. But Man City attack are just too good despite even two goals. So if they're held below two goals, that just means that uh, Loris only saw two shots on net. Uh, so it's not going to be a case where City are peppering him with 15 shots and he has to save every single one of them to be relevant. It's, it's going to be a situation if City aren't scoring, it's because they're not being allowed to shoot the ball. Uh, Forrester played incredible <coughs> against Leicester. I know the Ford one uh, scoreline doesn't necessarily show that, but uh, it, it, he had an incredible game, and uh, he made a lot of saves where he stood on his head. The game could have easily been 8 or 9-1. Uh, so I, I don't like Chelsea to lose this game, but at the same time, 
uh, if uh, there was one contrarian keeper that I would roll with, it would be Forrester. But uh, that that's a very low exposure at the at the best. And the Newcastle are an easy fade. Uh, they, there's something I'm not willing to buy low on at all. We can wait going forward here in the next couple weeks to see if they manage to keep other teams under a couple goals. But before until then, uh, it's a pretty safe bet this week that Arsenal are going to roll over them without too many problems. Uh, so I won't be rolling with either Newcastle keeper this week. But those are my keeper uh, keeper takes. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Adrian is by far my favorite keeper. Ever since the managerial change to David Moyes, they seem to have played with you know a lot more passion and. They just look they're, like they're more into the games. So Adrian at 4,400 against a Stoke team that you know really lacks any type of real offensive scoring threat seems to be <clears throat> my favorite option. But the price on Lloris is kind of crazy. I don't think we'll ever see that you know again all season long. That just is a testament to how good Manchester City has been since you know they've actually never lost the game this this EPL season. Anyways, let's move to defenders. Defenders gets kind of tricky for me. There's no one that really stands out. Everyone seems to be priced just about right. Um, I know you have a couple guys. You know, <clears throat> you're you're specifically targeting. So I'll let you touch on those guys. Sounds good. Uh, first, I can talk about Holobas. Uh, he isn't someone you want to play this week outside of cash. Uh, if he does end up starting, I don't expect him to start. But if he does start. Uh, cleverly won't be playing, so there's a massive gap there for someone to take a lot of the set pieces and corners, and I expect Firmino to step in there and uh, have some sort of serviceable floor. The issue I have with him is that he's notorious for taking fouls in uh, the other team's end, and uh, while that's just a nightmare for coaches in general, uh, it's not a good play for in DFS whenever he's losing uh, points on the regular for draw to, for taking really bad fouls in bad situations. Uh, so I'm not interested in Holobas so much, but uh, his uh, wingback partners in Jan, Matt, and Femina are my top two defensive plays for sure this week, and that's why I like Gomes so much is because these two are so much fire. Jan, Matt's incredible. Uh, a lot of people haven't really bought into the concept yet, uh, but it's definitely still a buy low scenario where you're going to be able to get him at pretty low ownership uh, in comparison to what he should be. And in the next couple of weeks here, we're going to be talking about him as one of the chalkiest players you can possibly play every single week. So you may as well get into him while you still can. Now, Jan Matt is going to be an incredible play this week. And Firmino, who I actually expect to start over Holobos, is still a really excellent play. But Jan Matt is someone with a, a ton of ceiling that I'm really looking to latch on this week. His goal wasn't just some fluke opportunity. He could have easily had four goals the game if he had any kind of supreme luck on his side. So I'll be looking back to Jan Matt this week to do some damage. I think Cole Sanka and Arsenal is an excellent play this week. He's someone I'll be stacking with check regularly in both formats. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I think he just has a really decent floor against Newcastle. And uh, there is a CS bonus chance there. Uh, so anytime you are playing check and you're not comfortable fully because you don't have a correlation stack, feel free just to look at Cole Sanka. He's probably a little bit cheaper than he should be in comparison to the rest of the slate. So uh, I have no problem with him. Now, uh, the guys that are cheap in comparison 
comparison to our uh, the Spurs players, and I'll be fading them this late, along with uh, Kyle Walker and uh, the whoever they uh, decide to start as the city left back. They just aren't interesting to me in such a low-scoring game uh, when uh, the ceilings are going to be found by the strikers at best. So uh, there won't be a lot to ha there won't be a lot of crosses coming in from wing backs. So they'll have their uh, hands full by all means with each other's attacking this game. So uh, they're both uh, easy fades for me. As Spalletta and Chelsea is really interesting to me. His, his salary stands out for some reason. It, it's like a sore thumb for me. So I'm not entirely sure why uh, it, it doesn't look right. But I think I'll be rolling with him a fair amount this week. Uh, I'm not expecting a CS bonus. So it's something that I think is just a solid four play. And uh, I'll be uh, using that a lot in uh, most likely cash too, but uh, a little bit of GPP. Uh, Masaku on West Ham is going to be one of my top plays too. Uh, him along with Jan Matt are going to be my one two punch and I'm going to be punching them in as much as I can this week. A lot of times what I'm going to do too is uh, for some GPPs uh, do Adrian and those two and then do Gomes and those two and then build my cards around that. I think both of them are actually <coughs> GPP stacks this week so I'll be looking at that as much as I can. Uh, Mustafi is one of the best all-around plays this slate uh, in terms of defenders. You can use him in either format. He hasn't even hit his ceiling yet and if that does he can outscore the vast majority of the strikers that will be playing in this slate. Uh, he, he isn't still confirmed to be starters yet but uh, Arsene Wenger has uh, alluded to that he should be back in the lineup this week. So if Mustafi's back in, everyone's free to take a look at his scores. They've been monstrous, even on DraftKings. So uh, I'll be looking for him from a value price range here to, to score out three times value. I also like the other Arsenal uh, defenders in general. What I'll be doing is uh, most likely if Mustafi starts taking Mustafi, Koscielny, and uh, Kolasanic in a flex and rolling with Czech and trying to nail down uh, four times uh, CS bonus and find some really good value uh, with their uh, defensive stack because I, I like uh, I, like I said uh, there's a concern Newcastle can score but I think a lot of people are going to be off Arsenal uh, after the West Ham game so I, I feel this is a really significant buy low situation for them so I'm going to be buying in as much uh, Arsenal as I possibly can this week but uh, that is my uh, my defender takes <clears throat> you just about covered it all um, like I said before I don't really see any Extreme value plays or high price guys that really stand out. Um, things may get shaken up <clears throat> with lineups and stuff on come Saturday morning because of the midweek <clears throat> slate. So we'll have to, you know, touch back on then. Anyways, let's move to uh, midfield. Um, at midfield, we have <clears throat> Hazard and Sanchez. At the top price, they're the two guys that are priced over 10, 10K. Just below that, we have Kevin De Bruyne, who still finds himself in the mid-9K range because of the tough matchup against Tottenham. And then, just below that, we have guys like Ozil, Berg Goodmanson, and Fabregas. Berg Goodmanson and Fabregas are two of my favorite targets on the slate. Ever since Brady went down, we all know all his you know responsibilities and duties went straight to Bergamanson. And even on the road against Brighton at 7,600, I feel he is one of the virtual locks of the slate. What are your takes, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, what I'll start with is I'll talk a little bit about uh, Shakiri. 
I'll uh, say Fazard for the forwards. Uh, I think Shakiri is someone who's still going to be productive, but will have no real ceiling against West Ham. But the real key I'm mentioning this is that I think a lot of people are going to think Shakiri has ceiling against West Ham due to their season-long expectation of their bad defense. People are going to think Shakiri has two goals in them, and I really don't see that happening with West Ham's new defensive aspect that they have going on here. Now, Wisterine will be missing, which is a major concern, and that does give some a little bit more merit to Shakiri, but uh, in terms of uh, in terms of just a general scoreline, I'm actually looking for West Ham to do uh, a lot more defensive work than a lot of people give them credit. So I think Shakiri will be a little bit less than uh, expected value here this week. Uh, he's just a little bit too expensive for me. Uh, I like uh, William and Fabregas. Both are really interesting to me in Chelsea. I think they're both excellent plays. Ozil's uh, almost must play for me from Arsenal this week. Where Sanchez, I think, is a little bit too high. I'll talk about uh, in forwards. I just think Ozil is one of those guys that is going to be absolutely low-owned and has a significant ceiling for what he can probably produce on such a talented team. Arsenal are still a very good team, despite the recent uh, results against West Ham and Southampton. I think uh, Arsenal still stand to be an excellent home team here and do some really serious damage when uh, it's going to be, like I said, a buy-low scenario for their whole team. No one's going to really want to spend salary on guys that did so poorly against West Ham last week. So uh, uh, I'll be looking to pay in as much Arsenal as I can, like I mentioned. Uh, it's still, like I mentioned earlier, too, about Spurs and City. Uh, it's really hard to ignore City, uh, no matter who they're playing. I think in the next few weeks here against Champions League competition, or I shouldn't say next few weeks, uh, next few months uh, against Champions League competition. They're going to show the world why they are the best team in the world, and it's because it doesn't matter what team they're facing. They can still score three or four goals a game. Uh, I don't feel the same way against uh, four Spurs, excuse me. So uh, I still think City are a team to look at this week, despite their uh, expected uh, lower output. Uh, they just have that ceiling. Uh so it's someone to consider. Silva and Kevin De Bruyne are excellent plays, uh, despite, like I said, a 2-1 scoreline can easily be 4-1. Uh, it's just 2-1's ex where I'm expecting it to go. Uh, Bert Goodmanson uh, is an uh, excellent play. Uh, a lock in either format. He's still probably 1,000 too cheap. Uh, I don't know why... Uh, this isn't the kind of opposition to draw such a salary decrease. So I'm looking for uh, JBG uh, to do a lot of damage this week from his salary range for Burnley. Uh, Christian Eriksen's an easy fade for me. Uh, he has been playing well as is. He's not going to find a great game against City. Uh, Lanzini's usable in cash. I'm just not sold on his floor. Uh, I think last week was an anomaly, but I still think it's uh, enough to really shake uh, shake my confidence in him. It may, may have been that I had him in cash, but uh, that still stands to be seen that he can jump right back up to uh, a double-digit forecast from uh, a, a situation that may not present itself in Stoke. Uh, I think uh, Pascal Grove's an easy fade. Uh, Spurs in general are an easy fade. Uh, it's just that they don't have that ceiling where C City does have that ceiling. Uh, Aaron Moyes an easy fade. Uh, Mark Salonzo is really interesting from Chelsea. I think he could be a really neat play. Uh, 
the the thing about Chelsea and Leicester, they both play almost identical gameplay types, so they're going to be countering a lot. And I expect the exact same scoreline as last week, or excuse me, as midweek last late. So uh, Alonso is someone that I find really interesting. He could find so- himself on a couple free kicks that go inside the net. Uh, Will Jack Wilshere in Arsenal is. Uh, borderline cash to me this week i think he's gonna find a really good value week uh where absolutely no one's gonna be paying for him and he's too cheap that's the thing here that's the the real crucial thing it may be a sign for gpp that he could find some ceiling but i think that he has enough value from that salary range that you could almost use him in cash this week he's in a really good spot uh but um one of my biggest plays are really going to come from watford this late and that starts with uh the core uh, playing in the midfield uh i think he's an incredible player play this late uh, for Watford and uh, Pereira. Both of them stand to do very well. But uh, I, my favorite is uh, actually Decor. I think he stands even to be a cash play. I used him in cash last week. It worked out really well. Uh, I think it's going to be really well again this week. He's going to be hugely relied on with uh, cleverly out. And while I don't see him stepping in taking set pieces, uh, I do see him holding a uh, bigger bear of responsibility of getting the ball into the net. Uh, Huddersfield are an easy fade. Uh, as soon as they step away from the, their home field, you uh, you don't use them. Uh, you target against them. So I'm not going to be using Huddersfield. Uh, I'll say this again. Everyone laughed at me when I played. Uh, I said play Scott Airfield last week, and I played him, and he was still great. Play. You can laugh again this week, World and you, Nick. Everyone can laugh, but uh, Canadian Scott Airfield is legitimate on Burnley right now in his role and salary range. Uh, while I wouldn't necessarily rely on in cash, he doesn't have the world's greatest ceiling, but he still does provide enough value where uh, he could do a little bit more. I don't think he's hit his ceiling at the ceilings, uh, season. excuse me. Uh, he's only gotten a, a few starts, and when he's done with those starts, he's done really well. So I think there's a lot more to come here from Scott Arfield. And uh, the last I'll mention is Carrillo on uh, Watford. Well, I'll talk about Richardson a little bit here. Uh, Carrillo stands to play 90 minutes this week. And uh, I like that in terms of uh, who they're going up against and potentially running a full Huddersfield stack, which we'll talk about forwards too. But uh, that is my Watford take. Or my Watford take, that is my, uh, that is my midfield, th- midfield take. <coughs> yeah. Uh, basically, you just about covered it. Um, I think I'm just going to be sticking with... I'm going to be virtually locking in Berg Goodmanson and... Um, Fabregas. Fabregas is one of my favorite plays in the slate at 7,200. Um, he didn't play midweek, and he should be back for the weekend showdown against Southampton. Southampton absolutely got torched by Leicester. Granted, it was on a bunch of Okazaki fluke plays. I believe Okazaki has like 10, 10 or 8 shot, shots on target, and 5 of them came this weekend. He had five shots yeah. and five shots he's, on target. He's an interesting play. Uh, he's, he's never someone you can really rely on for minutes, so he's really tough to click on. But he always finds relevance somehow. It's really strange. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of chasing points like that. Uh, Lanzini I find interesting at 7K. He did not have a good showing against Arsenal this week. For whatever reason, he got negative point eight, which you'll probably almost never see again all season. So I think he's a prime candidate to bounce back. Other than that, I like Aaron Mui. But you just about covered it. I don't think there's a real. I think this is this calls for a slate where you're gonna like find most of your value in the mid range. It's not really 
there's not really many high-priced guys to chase because Liverpool's not on it, Man City's playing Tottenham, and Arsenal is basically the most desirable target, but they only have one guy over 10K, so, you know, there's not, I don't think there's much need to really dip down to the, 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 you know, the bottom of the pool and look for some guy that you think is going to reach, reach value. Anyways, let's move to forward, forward, pretty straightforward, like midfield, a lot of these guys have mid to forward eligibility, um, no one, there's not really, you know, my primary interest this slate is going to lie within the Stoke-West Ham game and Chelsea's offense. Arsenal, I think, make for good targets, but their offense is very, you know, I want to say, like, funneled through the majority of Alexis and Ozil, so you can plug those guys in. Lacazette's too goal-dependent for me at eight over 8K. If he doesn't score a goal, you're, you know, that card is instantly doomed. So... I like guys that come with floors. That's how I like to build my lineups. But are there any forwards that stand out to you, Rob? Yeah. First, uh, I think it's important to bring up Murata and what what the situation is there. It's a back injury. So even if he does play, it's going to be limited minutes most likely because back isn't something, a limited, uh, limited injury. It's a debilitating injury. So even if he does start, I don't expect him to play full minutes. Um. In the case that uh, he does not start, and uh, it, I don't care where Hazard plays, I'll be locking him in at 100% this week, uh, every single card. Uh, I wanted to make sure to go over the the field on him as much as possible. Uh, the situation just lines up for it uh, across the board. Southampton, if you very quickly review any of the highlights from last week, they got beat every single time by uh, counterattacks, and that's what Chelsea do. They knock it out to Hazard, and he does things. Uh, and that's what's going to happen uh, probably 18 times this game. And if I told you give 18 uh, chances to Hazard going down the field, uh, would you take it against any team other than City? The answer would be yes. Well, if, uh, the team happened to be one of the worst teams in the league right now. Uh, that's an even bigger yes. So uh, I, I'm all over uh, all over Chelsea in general, but uh, Hazard is definitely going to draw the, the vast majority of my ownership. I'm not too sold on Sanchez's salary. I think it's a little bit high when you can just have Ozil for the same kind of ceiling with maybe even a little bit better floor. Uh, and that's saying a lot considering how many crosses and set pieces Sanchez takes. I just, uh, I, I'm just not sold on uh, Arsenal... Uh, producing a whole lot of goals, but I'm, I'm very set on them uh, at the back, not letting in uh, against Newcastle. And while Newcastle has been allowing a lot of goals recently, they they did keep Everton that last game. So it, there's a lot there's a lot of grain of salt going on with that. You know, you have to really consider what's up. But uh, in terms of uh, the, the whole idea with Arsenal, I think I'll be looking mostly through, uh, through Ozil uh, to do most of the work there. Uh, I think uh, Harry Kane's an acceptable play because he's good enough to get a goal on Man City. In order to score on Man City, I think you need a really high skill cap or luck. And uh, Harry Kane has a very high skill cap. So it may just happen on his skill alone. I don't expect him to go out and score two goals or anything to that magnitude. But uh, expecting Harry Kane to get a goal this week is actually a pretty, pretty reasonable outcome. 
Uh, so uh, I won't be doing it, but if someone else did it, something I wouldn't talk them out of. And conversely, on the other side of the field, I think stacking Sterling, uh, uh, Raheem Sterling and uh, Leroy Sainz this week is a really sharp play. Uh, I think Jesus will get 90 minutes. Uh, don't get me wrong, he's an interesting play in himself. I just think these two are, are uh, equally so. If I was to do another stack, it would absolutely be, be uh, Jesus and Sané and leave Sterling out. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, taking Man City won't be a bad idea this week, despite the expected outcome. The fact is they're just too cheap, uh, plain and simple, across the board. There's a massive discount. And while Spurs is probably the team to warrant that kind of a discount, that doesn't mean Man City aren't the kind of team to warrant not being worth more. So uh, I think Man City are still one of the world's best teams and can easily take a 2-1 goal score. Uh, game to a 4-1 in the matter of a couple broken plays in the final five minutes. That's all it would take. So uh, I am looking at City a little bit. Uh, Chikorito on West Ham has a ton of career goals against Stoke. If he ends up getting the start, I'm going to be rolling with him and a little bit of GPPs. But uh, Arnautovic has also been getting consistent 90 minutes, and Stoke has one of the worst defenses in the league. Now, conversely, like I've been talking about, West Ham have completely turned it around through Adrian. And while I think a lot of people are going to be caught in the season-long mode of West Ham having one of the worst defenses, I think a little bit more recency bias is needed here, and uh, seeing West Ham uh, have a, a decent defense, even despite Winston Reed, uh, I think uh, conversely, Masaku is going to have an excellent DFS day. So it doesn't concern me, concern me too much, uh, but uh, West Ham are a team that I'm definitely targeting for sure, and uh, fading uh, Stoke. If there's one person in Stoke I'm going to go with is Dio, but outside that, there isn't really much I'm looking at. But uh, the last three I'll talk about here, my first favorite is Troy Deeney and Watford. I know I've been talking about him a little bit, uh, but he's strictly GPP play. But the, the fact is this week, uh, again, I really like Watford, and I'm considering even doing a full team stack. So uh, starting all the way back with Gomes, Jan, Matt, Kamina, if that's who ends up starting, I expect that to be the two uh, wing midfielders that are, play that are listed as defenders. Uh, use decor and prayer in the midfield and Dini as a forward. Uh, prayer, I'm not entirely sold on. It could be like him and Carrillo, uh, but uh, something to that extent, uh, I think that'd be a really interesting GPP line to roll with because uh, I think Watford stand to do a ton of work this week from absolutely no ownership and have one of the better seasons of the week too uh, from home where a lot of people aren't really, again, it's a buy-low scenario. Uh, a lot of people aren't going to be looking right to Watford last week after the incredible blow-up. Uh, so uh, I, I'm really looking for Watford to bounce back in a big way. But if I was to pick uh, two contrarian strikers this week, the first would be Dwight Gale from Newcastle, and uh, the other would be Charlie Austin from Southampton. Uh, I think Dwight Gale is someone that you can actually look to for a 90-minute game in uh, literally no ownership. And he's proven, along with Newcastle in general, have proven the ability to score away from home against far better talent. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Newcastle find one in this week where Peter Cech ends up being that bus goalkeeper uh, for a super salary. Uh, they can still win the game and Peter Cech finish in uh, uh, less than five fantasy points. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Dwight Gale finds the net this week. And the second is Charlie Austin uh, with Southampton going to get up against Chelsea. Uh, he's having no problem finding the net despite his team 
being a garbage. So uh, I wouldn't mind Charlie Austin this week uh, in terms of contrarian. If uh, I had to pick one of the two, it's definitely Charlie Austin because he's got goals in his last four games, I believe, or four in his last five. So uh, Charlie Austin is definitely someone I would consider in GPP as a low flyer. He is a, a little bit too expensive for me, but his ownership should be low enough that if uh, Southampton happen to pull off a one nothing one one draw here and he gets the goal, he shouldn't have too much problem finding value from that. Uh, but uh, that is my forward takes. Or actually, no, wait, sorry. I didn't talk about Richardson. Uh, I need to talk about Richardson. I, I meant to leave him till the end. I'm sorry. Uh, it's looking like Watford aren't going to be playing him uh, this week. And in the case that they do, it will be an extreme limited minute. So he's almost untouchable this week. So in the case that he does start, don't end up using Richardson. Pivot <laughs> off him to someone like uh, Dini or Carrillo or Pereira or even my favorite of the group, uh, Docor. Uh, I think all of them stand a better chance to see not only 90 minutes because uh, not only Richardson's hurting, but uh, like I mentioned, very clever, cleverly he's out too. Uh, so uh, something has to give here in terms of minutes. They don't have the subs to go around. So a lot of these guys should see 90 minutes uh, at a surprise to a lot the casual players so don't be afraid to look past Richardson this week uh, because he's just not going to see the minutes yeah <clears throat> I agree with Richardson I also think that it can um potentially take a huge impact into the Watford offense uh ever since the emergence of him they have become you know a more viable team but without them they haven't played without him in a while so I think um they could look a little, you know, lost or shooken. And um, who? Uh, yeah, may, I, may I give my may I give my take on that? I forgot to give that too. Go. <laughs> That's okay if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Like uh, the uh, the whole idea with Watford is they. They do one thing and only one thing, and that's kick the ball forward in a straight line as hard as they can, 15 feet off the air for like 50 yards up the field. And generally what happens is it goes straight to one of their forwards. They take it down, lay it off, and then they go for a scoring chance. Uh, what the whole point of Richardson or Richardson is is that uh, when they kick it to him, he can take it down and turn it and make moves and take shots and do things by himself where everyone else is totally reliant on laying the ball off uh, off really direct plays. So while in a lot of cases uh, Richardson would be a huge asset for that different dynamic, I think this week Watford are, are going to be able to just pump the ball down the throat here against Huddersfield and uh, there won't be much uh, opposition to Troy Deeney being able to just muscle his way and take the ball down and lay it off for people at least two or three times. Uh, I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if Troy Dini comes away with the goal and two assists, his goal coming from the penalty spot and uh, getting two assists. Like That's kind of where I'm projecting uh, his ceiling and a lot of Watford ceilings to be at this week. So uh, while, while it would seem like it would really hurt, and it, it probably will change things, I, I think it just uh, takes a dynamic away that uh, may not necessarily be needed against Huddersfield. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I can just see a scenario where Huddersfield look, you know, outplay uh, Watford if Richarlson is out of the lineup. There's a guy that we both didn't mention who I like a lot, Elias Kachunga, uh, 4,400 forward. He has racked up over seven points in the past three games, two of them against, you know, slightly tougher opponents. Um He's done this all without a goal or an assist. He's a player that's very active on the wing for Huddersfield. And if there's no Richarlson, 
this game probably becomes very open and opens up, and I can see him, you know, making an impact somehow on the score sheet. He's only 4,400. He'll definitely be under-owned and overlooked, so he's a guy that I would look to plug into a couple of GPP lineups, but outside of that, you have any final takes? No, absolutely not. I think it's going to be a really fun week. Uh, a lot of my focus is going to be around, like I mentioned, Watford. Uh, my defense and my defense and keepers are going to draw a special focus this week. I'm going to be focusing a lot of my stacks around the back line. I think I'm most excited about Mustafi and to see if uh, he can potentially hit a ceiling from his incredible floor. Sweet. There you have it. Thanks for everybody for listening in. This is our second take at attempting this. It sounds much better, I think. And we will see you guys next week. Next week is interesting. I think it's Boxing Day, as they call it. There's three matches and about seven games. So next Saturday, midweek after Christmas, and then the weekend after Christmas for the new year. So we'll catch everyone then. Have a great weekend, everyone. Take care.